The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Now you would have seen this news. Uh, of a new political grouping, the Farmers Alliance, uh, that has been established to represent uh, the views and the interests of not just farmers, but uh, people who live in rural Ireland. Liam McLaughlin is one of the founders of the group, as is Helen O'Sullivan. Uh, you're both very welcome uh, to the show. Um, Liam, what do Farmers Alliance hope to achieve? We seem to have an issue with the line there. Uh, Helen, are you with us? Hi, Kieran. I am. Indeed, I yeah. am. Yeah. So we, we, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll get Liam back on a better line. It just gave up on us there. Uh, so listen, you you might set out for us then. Um, I guess that the, the reason that the group has been set up. Absolutely. Yeah. The reason why the group has been set up, uh, Kieran, is because you know a lot of lot of people feel they have no representation. You know, decisions are being made, and you know, with zero consultation with the people on the ground. Um, and people are just fed up with this. I think they're just fed up with the whole current situation. Um, it's nothing but doom and gloom. The cost of everything has spiralled. And people just want change. So we hope to be able to bring that change, and not just to the people of rural Ireland, but, you know, all of Ireland. So what what, what kind of decisions, what, what are the type of things that have happened in the last few years that, that you feel you should have been consulted about but haven't? Well, I suppose we feel that there's an awful lot of dictatorship coming from the EU regarding farming policies and not only farming policies, but fishing policies. And we don't seem to get any say in that. Our government just seems to roll out what the EU are telling them to do. Um, I suppose the latest uh, example of that would be the re-wetting. Um, you know, I think that what they kind of want us to do, uh, you know, the bigger picture is that we basically re-wet our land and just start eating insects and import food from somewhere, somewhere else. Mm. which I don't think is very viable. I suppose if we learned anything since the last pandemic here in, you know, and the current war in Ukraine, you know, we should be sustainable in our own food because um, we're an island on our own and we should be able to produce our own food and not be depending on other countries for food or for anything else for that matter. So, I, I, I mean, would it be fair to describe it as kind of isolationism then, Helen? Yeah, like, I mean, you know, like there's an awful lot of, I suppose, we feel that, you know, being a farmer myself and listening to other farmers and listening to social media and everything, we just feel there's an awful lot of um, kind of misinformation put out there about the farmers. And we're being kind of we're being kind of labelled as environmental terrorists regarding the whole climate change. And that's even isolating us more. Mm. I mean, we actually produce here, in, you know, the best food in the world, quality, sustainable and uh, nutritious food. And yes, our government seems to want to close us down and import from the likes of Brazil. You know, you probably heard about the Mercosur deal that they're hoping to ratify fairly shortly. And if that goes ahead, they'll be allowing 99,000 tonnes of beef into, into the EU tariff-free. So, I mean, we have to jump through an awful lot of hoops here mm. in Ireland with board BIA and regulation and red tape to be up to the highest standard that we can be with our meat. And then to think they'll open the doors and flood Europe with unregulated beef, you know, that we've no idea where it's coming from. And, but w- what uh, if, Helen... Other countries took the same approach. So you say, you know, we should be able to kind of grow our own food and, and live off our own food. We shouldn't be kind of dependent on other countries. We're huge exporters of food in this oh, country. Absolutely. Lots of farmers like yourselves make money because ultimately the products are, are shipped abroad. If other countries took the same approach, um, yes. a lot of Irish farms would be out of business. 
Yeah, but I suppose the point I'm trying to make is instead of close your sound hearing, you know, like that, you know, if they bring in the food from Brazil, you know, and if they end up closing down rural Ireland because of the imports, you know, I think because of the fact that we're so sustainable in what we produce, I think we should be, the, you know, one of the countries in Europe that lead the way because we're so sustainable in producing, you know, the best food you can get, really. Um, you know, I think, like, you know, why, why, like, for Ireland to produce one kg of meat here, we our carbon footprint would be less than 18 kgs, but for Brazil to produce the same amount of food, it's 1,000 kgs. Mm. You know, yeah, no, I, and I, I know because I, I appreciate that argument and I've, I've heard it made in the show before, but, you know, the idea that we would be kind of come food self-sufficient in, in a kind of an almost isolationist way as you, you, you accept it. I mean, if other countries took the same approach, w- w- we'd be goosed, wouldn't we? Oh, I know. We, I, like, we is it a bit, is it a bit not, and I'm not trying to catch it, but is it a bit hypocritical yeah, to kind of say we should be, we, let, let, let's live off the land ourselves, we should be self-sufficient in that regard, but we should still be able to export, you know, Irish beef and dairy products all around the world. We kind of, we, you can't, can we have the best of both worlds? No, what I'm just saying is that we shouldn't be relying solely on imports coming in from Brazil. You know, if, if, the, if this, if this uh, free trade agreement is ratified, and, you know, for if they're importing all of this beef in from other countries, um, well, then, like, they, they want us to basically stop producing beef here. Mm. You know, they're on about the cow culling as well. They want us to stop producing. So what I'm saying is, you know, if we completely stop up altogether, what happens then, you know, if we have another pandemic or if we have a war, you know, we can't get food into the country. We certainly don't want to go back to the famine times, you know, of 1845 where we people starving, you know. So and also for our rural economies as well. We want to keep them viable also mm. as well, you know. Do, so, do you think Do you think the government want Irish farmers to stop producing beef? Well, yes, we well, like we feel very much like they're they have you know kind of been giving kind of schemes there. They're offering a scheme now with the calling of the cows, two hundred thousand cows for the dairy sector. I mean, they have mentioned before about you know getting rid of the sector herd, you know, to make room for the dairy herd. Um, I suppose the prices we're getting at the moment. Not great because the input costs have gone so high, Kieran, and all along, sure, the beef for the last twenty years were we were getting nothing for it really, you know, price wise. And for like we are getting very minimum, but if you have to go into shop and buy it, you are getting you have to pay an awful lot. So this is you know this is the thing. There's beef and lamb is very costly in, in the supermarkets, but for us the, the producers that produce the raw material, we were getting very little. Yeah. Well, you that, know, and, that, that, and that, I, there's a huge gap between the boat there, you see. Yeah. Right, so, Liam, Liam is back with us on, on a better line. Um, uh, Liam, uh, thanks for bearing with us. So, so no w- what is it, um, you know, Helen was kind of setting out, I guess, uh, some of the grievances uh, that uh, herself and yourself and others in, in the group would feel. So what, what is it that you hope to achieve? What, what are you going to do? Are you going to run candidates in the local and Europeans next year? Are you going to wait for the general election? Are you going to just be a lobby group? Or what, what are you going to do? Well, listen... We're definitely going to follow up and we're going to run candidates in the general election and I would hope to put uh, around about 50 to 60 on the ground. We possibly have about 10 at the moment. And what about any sitting TDs? Are there any sitting TDs that you would welcome into your ranks? Um, listen, they, there was there was invitations sent out a way back and we basically were rejected. So no. And uh, we run a poll there on a farming group we have there with over 10,000 on it. And uh, the question was put out was, do we set up a new political party with all new faces or do we set up with the existing independents? And the 
poll come back 90 97% have pulled in favour of a new mm. party and new faces. So do you not feel, because I, I guess, uh, you know, Danny and Michael Healy Ray, maybe Michael Fitzmaurice, Matty McGrath, there are others, and, and I don't have a personal go at any of them because they're not here to defend themselves, but they, they would be people viewed as maybe representing the views of rural Ireland more than others in the okay, dog. Okay, right. Um, I'll just ask you one question on that now, Kieran. Let's take re-wetting, for example. Matty McGrath is uh, speaking about re-wetting and has uh, kind of rejected it himself. You tell me now what Matty McGrath can do on his own. Well, I guess there's nothing he can do if, if he's yeah, exactly. not, not in government, but is that a reason to reject him from the ranks of your party? No, uh, no, definitely not. I have good time for all the independents. Um, they're all talking sense, but we need a strong and a large party to have any effect or any impact. But again, that doesn't really, you know, answer the question as to why you wouldn't welcome any of them into the party. Well, listen, hey, we're, we're up for negotiations with anybody. We'll talk okay. to anybody, but so far they haven't came forward to us and uh, they, they have been invited in. And that, that, that is an open invite uh, if they want to talk to you. Um, uh, Shane Coleman, my colleague on News Talk Breakfast this morning, uh, suggested that uh, the Farmers Alliance as a party would be an anti-green party party. Is that how you see yourself? No, definitely not. I wouldn't agree with that. Listen, the farmers are kind of tired as a climate terrorist, you know, but uh, there's all sorts. I do a bit of work around the country here and I've been talking to a lot of neighbours and stuff. And we have schemes coming out there, for instance, the acres, etc., all these environmental schemes. And to be quite honest, they're all wrong. They're, you know, one fixed scheme doesn't suit every farmer. Mm. Um, whereas if the Department of Agriculture come to me tomorrow and said, can you do up a plan, Liam, an environmental plan for your farm? I definitely could. That would satisfy me and satisfy them. But we're not getting that option. But basically, whatever comes down the pipeline, we have to accept it. And can I ask, and, Liam, sorry, it, 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 the the farmer representative groups that we already have, the IFA, the ICMSA <laughs> and others, do you feel that they represent your interests? Well? Oh, definitely not. No, no, definitely not. And uh, that's the general feedback on the ground, too, at the moment. Support has dropped off for them all. Um, there was opportunities there in the past for them to challenge some of the things that were coming down the line. and. There was no challenge put up at all. And are you going to run yourself, Liam, in the general election? I haven't made any decisions on it. I've been asked that more times than enough, but um, just, I'd be quite honest, I just haven't decided or thought about it much, you know. Uh, Helen, are you going to run in the general election? It's like that now, Kieran. If I got a euro for every time somebody asked me that now, um, I'd be rich. I wouldn't have to farm anymore. Um, look, we've, we're really out knitting it. Um, like it's very much kind of relatively new. We've just really put it out there, so um, you know we're not going to be kind of making any rash decisions just yet. Um, it, it's uh, like if if you run, I, I, Liam says maybe kind of forty to fifty candidates. I mean, if every single one of them got elected, it would well, it it would be unprecedented. But let's imagine it happened. It still wouldn't be enough. TDs to form a government, so you'd have to go into coalition with somebody if you want to end up in government and actually. Mm-hmm make decisions. So who would you go into government with? Well, we'd have to be... Helen, I'll ask the question to you and then Liam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I suppose we'd have to see who would be there, who the opposition would be on the day. Um, We don't know who we'd be up against. 
you know, um, we'll have to wait until that happens. Is there anyone you'd rule out in advance? Well, you know, like that. Now we'd have to see where we go ourselves and how far we'd get. And I suppose when that day will come, then we'll have to make decisions when when that'll happen. Liam? Um, well, sure. Listen, realistically, if you're looking outside the circle, the independents are possibly the only ones talking sense, and uh, possibly, uh, you know, there's not really much option outside of that, is there? But you'd you'd need one of the you'd need either Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, or Sinn Féin to form a you would you would or either, a government or either more candidates of her own, which I won't rule out just yet. Liam McLaughlin, founder of the Farmers Alliance. Helen O'Sullivan, uh, a fellow founder and farmer as well. Listen, thank you both very much uh, for joining me here. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.